podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello friends, thank you for joining me again for the podcast. I'm sorry I was away for a week. How fucking hideous of me. Um I had a couple of things. I, I, I won't go I won't go too much into gory details because uh I always find it I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes when I hear um like commentators or podcasters or youtubers or any of the um any 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 of my brethren be it uh successful or not successful um that go too far into talking about personal things that it looks a bit like they're looking for sympathy from people i find a bit pathetic um anyway long story short i lost my uncle um, last week, and I, it's just one thing spiraled into another, and I didn't like. I, I just, I just didn't make a podcast. That's pretty much it. Uh, closest man to me, the, other than my father. Um, so yeah, that was pretty shocking. And then, just as I was starting to get that get stuff straight, good news so kind of happened is our podcast friend um, Susie, uh, you might know from the YouTube videos I do with her. Uh, she had to pull the trigger on opening her own tattoo studio. You might know her tattoos from being on my arms. Um, and because it was all quick and she needed to get ready and stuff like that, I offered my services as a painter and decorator. And I, I, yeah, I decided to go in and start painting the place for her. So that's what I've been doing the last two or three nights. Um, or days. So that's just... Bad stuff happened, then good stuff happened to somebody that I like, so I did good stuff for them. That's why there was no hot lap, and that's why there wasn't a late hot lap, because that's what I intended to do. Uh, I spoke to a couple of a couple of years, and I intended to put up a late hot lap. Anyway, uh, enough of that bullshit. Again, I'd just like to give a thank you to any patrons that keep the lights on for Mussy Audio stuff, even and kept the lights on when uh, there was nobody home for a week. Um and nobody complained, nobody shouted at me. Uh, I put a little bit of a post up on Twitter the other day saying that there'd been a couple of issues, so I will be back to doing podcasts this week, and I just got likes and loves off yous, so thanks very much. Um, that, talking about doing the podcasts, um, by the way, if you want to help the show out, go to the patron, Lee Stevens Content Creator, I believe. That's what, that's what you can find it as. Might be wrong, but it's there. And it's in the link tree on all my social medias. Let's go and do it. Anyway, uh, I haven't really got a plan for this podcast. So it's 8 o'clock on a Sunday evening. 
I've done the usual thing of like doing the, the father thing all day of going swimming and going to the cinema and doing those sort of things. So I haven't had a chance to do much. But what I did think we could do was have a little bit of a chat about 2022 driver lineups because I thought we'd have had more things sorted than they are right now, given the fact that we're coming towards the end of the summer break. So let's see. I have an article here that was on Autosport, and I thought it would be fun just to whiz down and see who's in there, like who's in the cars, who's got deals, who hasn't got deals, who we who Autosport think are in the prime position for those seats, and let's see if we agree with Autosport. Um, Mercedes, we obviously know Lewis Hamilton nailed him for next year and beyond i believe two years two years yes he's got a two-year contract uh to take him through 2022 and 2023 driver two not confirmed now they have here potential drivers valtteri bottas and george russell um i personally think george russell will get the drive here i think i think it's high time that bottas shifted shifted his way away um but there is a note to make here that Mercedes do have a little bit of a problem coming up in the in the shape of Nick De Vries because he's been doing really well in Formula E, and um, they're going to pull out of Formula E next year. So knowing that, right, Mercedes aren't the well. We saw what they did with Ocon. I mean, obviously Ocon's like flown the coop now and he's off doing his own thing. But we saw what they did with Ocon. They're not like a Red Bull. You know, they're not quite prepared to just throw drivers away. So it does make me wonder whether they know. I mean, we, we know Nick DeFries is a great driver, you know, it's and he had like he was just unlucky uh, not to be in the position and for the not to be seats for, in Formula One. He should have been one of those drivers that came through into Formula One with like Lando and George. Absolutely. 100% should have been one of them. Uh, so I just don't see them throwing Nick De Vries to like DTM or, um, or you know just some just off to become just nebulous sports sports car driver. So I do wonder whether I I don't think he'll be in the shout for the seat next year, but I wonder if we'll see him in like a um, a mentor type role like we saw with Ocon in the garage to try and get him back into Formula One somewhere. So, yeah, just something to think about. I think I think next year the drivers in Mercedes will be Russell and Hamilton. But there's a question mark on what Mercedes plan to do long term with Nick DeVries. I think that he, he's an interesting an interesting character that I don't think people talk about enough. Uh Red Bull, Max Verstappen obviously is not going anywhere. Um we we think he's got another, what, two years on his contract. Uh, Red Bull have really pulled it together, so I don't think there's any of these. Like, we, we have had a couple of chats, haven't we, over the years about maybe is he going to try and get out of his contract to go to Mercedes? I don't think it's really worth him doing that right now. Red Bull really do seem to be on on the up, and if anything, Mercedes seem to be, like, I wouldn't say slipped, but they're certainly more on their back foot. They're not pushing forwards where Red Bull see, feel like they're pushing forwards at the minute. And I think that's that's the thing going into next year is you, you want that positive momentum as well to try and carry you 
further carry you into something better. Um, driver number two. Now, Autosport here only think Sergio Perez. They've just got Sergio Perez there. I think that is a disservice to um, Pierre Gasly because I can't... I, I I can't look past the, him possibly like taking Perez's seat next year. I mean, it's Perez hasn't set the world alight. It's all get wrong. He's won a race. Could uh, could Pierre Gasly have won that race in the same position? Certainly not the Pierre Gasly we saw in Red Bull. Maybe the Pierre Gasly we see now in and we saw last year. So it might he might be a different animal if given the same opportunity. But Perez just oh he's he's just in there. I think he needs if he can turn a season around and have like the the good Perez days in the Red Bull and just make them far more consistent, then we might we we might see Sergio Perez back in the car next year. I suppose odds on he will be in the car. But I think for Autosport, just to look past um, Pierre Gasly, I think that's that's very strange, especially considering um, Albon is doing so well in DTM. It, to me, it seems like the it seems like the perfect thing for Red Bull to do to to give Albon a second chance in Toro Rosso, to give Gasly a second chance in the Red Bull. Going into this new season, it it seems to make more sense to me that than keeping Sergio Perez and hoping they can mould him into Massa. Uh, McLaren, Lando Norris has a multi-year deal that takes him beyond next season. We're not sure how long that is. I would imagine it is a deal for next year and 2023 with options. Daniel Ricciardo is in the car up till 2023. And he had an interesting interview also saying that he wanted to be in a the prime position with McLaren for 2024 to win a world championship. I mean, it's, I know we've, we've, I probably bang on too much about Ricciardo now. It's just such a strange situation. I don't know if any of you guys have missed this, but if, if you don't subscribe to the race on YouTube... Uh, do it they do i think out of the top like providers uh you know it's a sort of out well not even outside because i think their coverage is better than f1 tv and sky um i think they give the best analysis of any like media channel for formula one i think they have a the, a perfect team of people that are knowledgeable um, without being like arrogant or everyone on that, I feel that if I bumped into them in an airport, I could sit and talk to them about Formula One, and they wouldn't want to sit and talk to me about them. You know, it's it's a perfect sort of journalist team that's there, and um, they're also they all. Oh, oh, God, where are my words? They're also quite happy to admit when they're wrong, and I think that's a big problem with journalists with sports journalists well Formula 1 journalists anyway I don't really watch any other sport I'm not tarring them all with the same brush um, but also they have um, some pretty good like industry guys in there as well so yeah go subscribe to the race because they're great anyway they did a really in-depth thing on the 
the fact that the McLaren, we don't think about it because Lando's just doing so well and he's adapted his driving style right to this car and he has done over the last couple of years. But there is a very odd thing about this car where apparently Carlos Sainz said to Daniel Ricciardo, I was like, oh, yeah. what do you think about driving the car? And Daniel Ricciardo sort of replied to him, saying, yeah, why didn't you fucking tell me? Um, but yeah, it's that McLaren don't know how long this, we'll call it a feature, has been part of the sort of DNA of their cars. They think it's been at least three years now that this particular kink has been in the car. And it's highlighted now because it's really, when you've got somebody coming in from a different team, like uh, that's had like different god i'm saying like far too much that's had different cars but has sort of managed to get on with them all but ricardo's really highlighting this issue um what they did point out was the fact that it there's no guarantee even going into a new season they don't really know what element of their car makes this issue that ricardo can't get his head around that stops him having the confidence turning into corners, I think it is. I think it's the it's on turning that he's he's losing out. Uh and so there's no there's no guarantee that that won't be there next year. So this whole thing of Ricard this is why Ricardo's working so hard to try and um work his way around this issue because they know that there's a very good chance if if he just switches off and goes, right, well, this season's dead, it's okay. Next year, the cars are different. Next year, this problem won't be there and I can just get on with business as usual. And he jumps in the car in Australia come 2022 and he's got the same problems. That's uh, that's not what he wants. So uh, but getting back to him looking at to be in the prime place for 2024, I... I he did say it's odd to look that far ahead. He really needs to live in the present, I think, and he needs to get on top of what's going on right now, not thinking about winning world championships in 2024, because let's be perfectly honest here. Um, Zach Brown said that they feel infrastructure-wise, they'll have caught up with the top teams come 2024 because that's when their wind tunnel will be finished. I didn't realise this. McLaren don't have a wind tunnel. They were, they used to use Toyotas. But um, that should have been finished this year, I believe. But because of the roans, it's been put back. Um, but let's be perfectly honest here. It wouldn't take much of an improvement from this year to next year for McLaren for Lando Norris, if he can keep the same form up that he's got right now, for him to be an outsider for a world championship. Right now, it feels a bit far away, doesn't it? But, you know, you've half a second, if they can catch like a half second to the re- to the, to the rest of the grid, uh, that they can sneak up there, you know, there's a chance that McLaren can be fighting for a world championship before 2024. And uh, if they are, Ricardo, Ricardo needs to sort his head around these problems. But I, I don't know. I think if this does carry on to next year, I don't see him making the end of his deal because it's, it's just insane. The points McLaren are hemorrhaging right now because of these issues. It must, well, it is. It's tremendous. Uh, Austin Martin, Sebastian Vettel has a contract for next year. Talks for an extension, apparently. 
Uh, Lance Stroll's dad owns the team, so he's fine. Um, Alpine. Uh, Fernando Alonso has a deal for next year. Uh, there are options on both sides, and both sides are happy to extend to 2022. So, do, will we see the Matador in the car for 2023? I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more of Alonso than maybe we think we will. As long as he keeps being competitive and the age thing doesn't creep up on him and his results don't start plummeting because, I mean, I realise Ocon won that race and it was, don't get me wrong, great for Ocon to win it and I'm not going to pull up the whole, well, he wouldn't have won it without Venendo holding Lewis up. I'm not going to go into that. What I will say is that it was just, it, it, it was one of those things of being in the right place at the right time. Either of those drivers could have won that race. Landon Norris could have won that race if he hadn't been taken taken out. It was there, but it it takes a skilled driver to cope with the pressure that he had on his shoulders. So he, it was a deserved first win, but it's not like you. I don't think come the end of the season, people are going to be able to turn, turn around and say, "Oh well, uh, Fernando didn't win a race and Ocon did." You go, "Well, there was shenanigans," and I still think Alonso's ahead of Ocon. In the championship, even though Ocon's won a race, so there that shows how sort of consistent his point scoring has been. Um, Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, and Carlos Sainz. Charles Leclerc's contract is twenty twenty four. Carlos Sainz's co- uh, contract is twenty twenty two. They're a good team in that car. I expect them to be the next Alacy and Berger. And just be there together forever and ever and ever. And they will win just as many championships. I'm going to have a drink. I'll let you, I'll let you go. How can you say that? Sean's going to be a world champion. I'll let, I'll let you chew on that for a second while I drink something. I've got a very dry throat doing this tonight. Hoping I haven't, haven't got the Rones. I, f- I think I had the Rones early doors, like second lockdown over here. Oh, God, that was a bit phlegmy. <coughs> but having not been tested, I don't know. Then I had a cough and cold, the uh, like fluey thing the other other week, and I wasn't sure whether I had it then or got it again, but I don't know. I've digressed. It's good going to digress on your own. Alpha Towery. Uh, no drivers confirmed for next year. Potential drivers. Pierre Gasly. Yuki Tsunoda, Yuri Vips, and again, they've left him off this list, but I would hazard to guess that, yeah, you could stick Albon in that group as well. If Daniel Kvyat made it back to Formula One, Albon certainly can. Let's be fucking honest here. Uh, Yeah, I think... um, if it was me looking down that, I mean, Yuri Vips, he's a Red Bull's leading sort of contender in F2. He's only fifth in the championship, though. Um, I don't rate where Sonoda is, but although I don't think they're going to, um, I don't think they're going to burn him after one year. But I still think, looking at that lineup, if you stick my Albon in there as well, 
I think Pierre Gasly and Albon are probably the best team that uh, Toro Rosso could field. So it would be interesting to see if there's any chance of Albon getting back in that car. Again, I would put Pierre Gasly in the Red Bull. And then you could t- you could put Albon in, in as a Pierre Gasly replacement and then take your pick between Yuki Tsunoda and Yuri Vips. You'd probably keep Tsunoda. But let's not forget, although uh, Red Bull have ties with Honda still, as far as the engines go next year, you know, they're going to be helping with the development and stuff like that. It's not going to be a badged Honda engine. I would think that there isn't really a enough of a connection there to keep Yuki Tsunoda should he be there because of the Honda connection which is why I think he's there this year but uh, I I just I, I never got it with Tsunoda I didn't get it when everyone was raving about him I don't, don't get it now I uh, I just think he seems like another and this is going to make me sound a slightly sports racist he just seems like another poor Japanese driver uh, Takuma Sato was the best one, I think, as he's proven in IndyCar. Um, Alfa Romeo, no drivers confirmed. Now, there is a catalogue of drivers here for people that could get themselves into that seat. Kimi Raikkonen, I don't think Kimi will be in that car next year. I think he will either re- he will retire or be made to retire, and it will be very sad, unless he can go to Haas. Haas might be... If he if he is desperate to stay in Formula One and he just wants to see what these new cars do, maybe Haas would be a good place for him to go. Um, Kimi Raikkonen, Antonio Giovinazzi, I don't think either of those will be in the car. They have Callum Eilat as a reserve driver and he's been getting FP1 outings for the, with Alpha. I would love to see Callum Eilat get himself into Formula One. Uh, I think he thoroughly deserves it just as much as any other F2 driver that's got that's managed to get in there that's on the grid right now. Valtteri Bottas, I think he's a shoe-in for this drive because I think he's going to be ousted by um, George Russell. So I think Valtteri Bottas to Salva or to Alfa Romeo as their sort of lead driver would be a great move for Salba, Alfa, for Alfa Romeo. Um, it just, it just fits, doesn't it? Like they need a driver that's a, like a Grand, Grand Prix winner. He's experienced. He can help Mick Schumacher, who will probably be in the other car. Um, he just seems the perfect, the perfect benchmark for that car to let the team know where they are. And I think he'd do, I think he would do good Bottas things. He would, like Massa did with Williams, um, you know, it's, he, ne- he never set the world alight. He, he obviously wasn't the same Massa. He was injured Massa then, but, um, you know, he he was loved by the team and he did good work with the team. I think Valtteri Bottas could do the same thing with Alfa Romeo. Uh, Robert Schwartzman is also uh, mentioned, but I don't think that'll happen. Uh, Mick Schumacher, I think, is the most likely because they need to get him out of Haas. And the closer he can be wrapped into the Ferrari family, the better for them, I think. Although you'd wonder who he would replace and if he ever will get himself in a Ferrari. Haas. 
Nikita Mazepin is signed a multi-year deal from 2021 season and beyond, so he is in the car next year. Driver 2, not confirmed. Mick Schumacher is expected to stay, apparently, but I expect him to go to Selba. But I do think that would be a good place for Kimi Raikkonen to go if he really wants to stay in Formula 1. It would... uh, I mean, they're also... um, Valtteri Bottas, it wouldn't do him any any harm going there either. Uh, Last, but certainly not least, there is no drivers confirmed for the 2021 Williams seats. George Russell, suspected to go to Williams. Nicholas Latifi comes with sponsorship. He's had some decent drives, and I actually think he might be, at least on his qualifying pace, he's never that far behind George. When you look at it in time, it might look at it in places... But it's always like a couple of tenths which cost him it, cost him it. He might be better than we th- than we think he is, but he might not be. Valtteri Bottas is an option for them. I would personally go to Williams if I was Valtteri because I still think if you go to Alfa Romeo, you go into Ferrari's B team. He probably doesn't want to be in B team. At least if he goes to uh, Williams, he is in sort of a independent team which has Mercedes connections but you know they are they're they're racing on their own merits and they have that sort of DNA in them so they've also got funding as well now which they've probably got better funding than even um, Alfa Romeo have so that's where I would go for Valtteri Bottas I don't think that's where he's going to go I think he's going to go to uh, Austin Martin uh, Nico Hulkenberg or Williams would be good, but I mean it's it's just one of those people seem to romanticise about Nico Hulkenberg. But if I'm honest, I kind of think his time's passed. I think his time's passed. I think it's time for him to move on. And they've got Danny Kvyat down here. Uh, shout out to Kvyat. He's there's always a possibility. I would be amazed if he manages to get himself back into Formula One, but. You know, I mean, there's the the other one. There would be with the Mercedes ties. Would that be a place that they might think about sticking Nick De Vries if they wanted to get him out of Formula E before they fold the Mercedes team at the end of next year? I'm not sure. I don't watch Formula E. You, if any of you guys watch Formula E, you might know what his contract situation is with Mercedes and Formula E. So he that might not be possible. But uh, let me know what you think. Um, I don't think Daniel Kvyat will be in that car. I think it will probably be Nicholas Latifi and Nico Hulkenberg looking at this picture because Bottas will be elsewhere. If Bottas doesn't go elsewhere, I think it will be Nicholas Latifi and Valtteri Bottas. That's our 2022 driver predictions. Well, not even our driver predictions. We just we, we couldn't even bother making our own up. We just decided to rob somebody else's and talk about it. Uh, we have, well, it'll be over this time next week, so just under a week away, we have Spa, my favourite race of the year, very near. Well, it used to be my favourite race of the year, now I think it might be Austin, Texas. Um, <clears throat> I love America, I would love. I, I really want us to get two races in America, and I would love to get over there and see one, especially Texas. Texas just looks like the place right now, doesn't it? Um so yeah, I, I I'm looking I'm looking forward to Spa though. Always do. It's going to be interesting who goes well. I think Daniel Ricciardo is going to struggle with the McLaren there. I'm not sure I understand. 
I I don't know why my watch felt like chiming in there. Um, but I'll explain to my watch if it doesn't understand. Um, I I just think that it's such a technical course, and he's he's really having problems with the tech with technical courses. I, I can I I, re, I really think he's going to be I think he's going to struggle to get into Q three, out in Q two, it it might even be one of those fucking ridiculously bad Daniel Ricardo uh, weekends where he doesn't manage to get out of Q one. I expect George Russell to get out, to get out of Q one. Might be a Q three appearance for George Russell. That's my bold prediction. He's got a good lump in the back of that to send him down the straights. Um, he just seems to be able to stick a lap together from nowhere in a dog of a car. So yeah, my my bold prediction is for him to go into Q three. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a great race between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. I I I expect to see both of those drivers sat on the front row together into turn one, into turn one, oh, into Eau Rouge together. Oh no! Oh, I'm going to explode. Uh, it's just the best place. It's it's the best place. Can get this this current championship the way it's going? You have a summer break, yeah. Name me a better place to go after a summer break when the championship is so hot than Spa Francorchamps. Name me a place. There isn't one. There isn't a fucking circuit. None of them. What Monza? Absolutely not. Austin. I like Austin, but no, it's not the same. It's not as daunting. There's still danger that lurks in those forests. Oh, I, look, I don't know how many of you know this, but I have been to Spa about five times. I might have forgotten one. At least five times, we'll say. Um, I've seen a Kimi Raikkonen win. I've seen a Vettel win. I've seen... A Lewis win there. I think I saw a Hakkinen win. Um, I saw a Damon Hill win. That's the special one. I was there in in, in 1998 when he won in a Jordan. Um, that was the, my first time I was ever at Spa. It was fucking wonderful. Um, I've seen Button on a podium. That was the best the, the best result Button's ever had at one of the races I've been to. I think he was second. Uh, I can't. A second behind Vettel, I believe. I can't remember. Um, I've seen Formula One cars on nearly every um, every stretch of that circuit. So yeah, I uh, I look forward to the race. I look forward to talking to you. We will do the normal questions after uh, the race. I st- I did stick a thing up, didn't I before? before I didn't do one last week but there wasn't many questions come in for it and I I accept it to be perfectly honest because it's been a really quiet summer break it's been an actual break there hasn't been much going on I expected to get George Russell confirmed for uh, well no to be perfectly honest there was a little bit and we thought he might get confirmed for Spa in the Mercedes and they might do the mid-season driver swap Um, there's, there's an interesting thing to talk about if Mercedes lose the Constructors' Championship and Max Verstappen wins the Drivers' Championship, will we look back at the end of the year and go, they should have took a gamble and stuck George in the car? Would he, have be, would he be more use than Valtteri Bottas 
trying to like stop Red Bull in its tracks. I feel that he would be more use. But knowing you guys, or some of you guys, you'll probably just say, I'm biased. But yeah, um, we will wait with bated breath over the next four days before we get the beginning of the race weekend. I uh, am very excited. I'm sure it's going to be fucking wonderful. Um, Predictions for the race. I think Max Verstappen's going to crash with Lewis Hamilton again. And we might get another surprise win maybe this is the one maybe this is the weekend where some calamity happens and Norris can capitalize and win his first Grand Prix let's hope it's wet thanks for listening I'm sorry I didn't tell you where the adverts were going to be before I completely forgot so we're just gonna have to slam them in awkwardly somewhere so if I did slam them in awkwardly like just not even a fucking courtesy lick. Uh, I do apologise, but yeah, a week off has made me rusty. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you next week, and we will do comments, questions, comments and theories after the race. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast Network.